God's word comes to us today from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verses 43 through 51. Let anyone with ears listen. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. Jesus said to him, Very truly, amen, amen, I tell you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and you are our redeemer. Amen. So Philip the newly minted disciple said to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, the recruit, we have found him about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, Nathaniel asked. Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Truth be told, Nathaniel was right to think, perhaps, that Nazareth wasn't worth considering because Nazareth was an insignificant little town. Its tiny population brought little to the table but religious and historical irrelevance and economic dependence upon the more wealthy and and important cities of the region. In fact, if we were to put words into Nathaniel's mouth, we might imagine him saying, why would we want to have anyone from that sinkhole of a city? Nathaniel, you see, was stuck. Nathaniel was stuck in himself 
He was stuck in his own ignorance. He was stuck in his own constricted view of reality. So Philip said to him, come and see. Indeed, Nathanael would come to see that something very good could come from Nazareth. He would come to see beyond his preconceptions and prejudices the joy of heavenly possibility. The story of this text, the hope of this sermon, is for us to see how that came to happen. It began with acceptance, without which Nathaniel still might be stuck in his own sinkhole. Philip said, come and see. Notice that Nathaniel went and he saw. And his willingness to go, to see, was what enabled the decisive moment of this story to occur, of Jesus seeing Nathaniel coming toward him and saying, truly, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Remember, the two had never met. So Nathaniel, understandably, wanted to know, where did you come to know me? The Greek word here is pothen, which means from whence, or how is it? Even as Nathaniel denigrated Christ's origins, he desperately wanted to know from whence Jesus came. What was his vantage point? How was it that he could know him so well? Now, Nathaniel does not know what we, the hearers and listeners of John's gospel, have already heard in the opening words of the text. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nathaniel doesn't know that Jesus was in the beginning with God, that all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. In his response to Nathaniel, Jesus does not go into this wonderfully poetic theological language. He simply says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Christ's seeing and his knowing change everything for Nathaniel, who comes to see that by being known by Jesus, he comes to know Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. There is such power in knowing that you are fully known. If we were to again put words into Nathaniel's mouth, we need not phrases from the news, but the words of the psalmist that we quoted in our call to worship. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know where I sit down. You know when I rise up. You search out my path and are acquainted with all of my ways. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high, I cannot attain it. It is so high. 
And yet Jesus says there is more to come. There are greater heights to be reached. Do you believe, he asked Nathanael, because I told you that I saw you? Well, you will see greater things than these. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus said, it only gets better. It only gets better. Isn't that the hope that we bring to this worship? That things get better? Each of us brings our own individual needs and wants, but we share a common desire that the world we live in, the selves that we occupy, the people that we encounter, that we would all move beyond constriction, beyond prejudice, fear, illness, and hurt, to a place of joyous freedom and possibility. We desire, like Nathaniel, to get unstuck. And if Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus has anything to say to this desire, it is that transformation comes first with some level of acceptance to the invitation that is always there for us, that is, come and see. Westminster is not an altar call church. Because of our Presbyterian emphasis on the gift of grace in Jesus that we cannot earn or merit or manufacture on our own, we do not make a big point of asking people to come forward to be born again or to ask whether they have accepted Jesus into their hearts. But that said, we also cannot ignore the basic fact that the experience of new life involves an act of acceptance, an acted upon willingness and desire to move beyond our own disinclinations and say yes to God's invitation, to move beyond ignorance in ourselves and in others, we must be willing to extend and respond affirmatively to the invitation to follow, to come, to see. That invitation is ours from Jesus, and that invitation has been transmitted through the disciples of all ages. In 2010 and 2015, that invitation reached our youth, who were invited to come and see Haiti in mission. Our youth accepted, and they saw a, a nation littered with terrible poverty and deprivation, yes. But they also beheld a country and a people who are beautiful in strength and in vigor. On those trips, our youth came to know Haitians and vice versa. And that knowledge, as it was for Nathaniel, was wonderful for the Haitians and it was wonderful for our youth. Because being known is a wonderful gift that moves us beyond ourselves and towards our shared hope for a better world and a better life. As visitors to Haiti, our youth were not their saviors, but as Christ's disciples, they played a role in Haiti's salvation. And Haiti played a role in theirs. We are, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, indeed caught up 
in an inescapable network of mutuality. We are tied together in a single garment of destiny. On this weekend, when we remember King's sacrifice and legacy, we may remember the letter that he wrote on the blank pieces of the margins of a cut-up piece of newspaper while he was in jail in Birmingham in 1963. King wrote that letter in response to a statement by white clergy in the city, including a very prominent Presbyterian, that dismissed King and his movement as troublemaking by outsiders. Those white clergy could not believe that anything good could come from the Nazareth-like outposts of the world. And from his poffin of imprisonment, King wrote his hope that the deep fog of misunderstanding would lift from his nation's fear-drenched communities. In our imprisonment, by our own deepest fears, we too should hope for the fog of misunderstanding to lift as well. And please hear me to say that this is not a political statement or advocacy for or against a, particularly po- a particular policy. Segregation was not and it is not just a matter of politics or policy. It was and it is a continuation of Nathaniel's practice of prejudice, of prejudging the worth of another person based on where he or she is from, racially, ethnically, culturally, economically, spiritually, geographically, and refusing to know him or her as he or she truly is as a child of God. Although King's movement worked towards political and policy objectives, his famously articulated dream was not the passage or defeat of a particular piece of legislation, a specific court ruling, or the victory or defeat of a particular political candidate. His dream was for a world where his children could live, where people like Nathaniel are fully known where they are judged by the color not excuse me where they are not judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character being known is wonderful it is a gift so high that we ought to try very hard for others to attain it Let's move this discussion now from the realm of national discourse to the level of personal interaction. Let's consider how it is that we relate to one another on a one-on-one basis. How would our interactions be different if we acted less in pursuit of our own self-disclosure and instead towards offering someone else the gift of being more fully known? I may be over-exaggerating, but it seems to me that we are losing the ability to move beyond ourselves to really listen to one another. King referred to this as a tragic effort to live in monologue rather than dialogue. Notice how often when someone says something that 
happened to them or shares how they feel, how quickly we or others will jump in right away with a sentence that begins like this. Well, I this or I that. What if we chose to respond to what someone shares, not with a statement about ourselves, but a question? A question that enables us to come and see the person for who they are more truly and more deeply. Social media is a wonderful tool, but it can also degenerate into a stream of self-proclamation. Each of us at all times issuing press releases to say what we saw, what we did, how we feel about this or that or the other thing. Maybe instead of trolling the comments section, we might beautify our social networks by offering more genuinely interested questions of others rather than self-interested proclamations of ourselves. In pastoral care, as deacons and as pastors, when we visit with the elderly or the sick, we seek to practice what we call deep listening. This involves resisting the urge to offer solutions to problems or magic words that will make the person feel better, but instead offering an invitation for them to share their story and offering our very authentic desire to receive that story. The hope is to convey to them that wherever they are, whatever they may be facing, we have come to see them so that they may come to know that they are fully known in Christ. In recent years in this church, we have been so gifted to learn and receive and enjoy the delights of storytelling. It will serve us and others just as well for us to remember the wonderful gift of story hearing. As hearers of Nathaniel's story, we are to remember that like Nathaniel, we are fully known by Jesus, who sees us from a vantage point that goes all the way back to the beginning and looks ahead to the great future where angels descend and ascend from heaven in the company of the Son of Man, who is our friend, our Savior. If, like Nathaniel, we are to move beyond whatever ignorance and prejudice that exists in and around us, we must accept the invitation to come and see the one in whom we are fully known. Where can that happen? What is the poffin of that place? It's here. At the Lord's table. It's here where we, we remember that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. It was here the table where Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of this cup, do so in remembrance of me.
This is the Lord's table. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good and that, yes, good things do come from places like Nazareth. Amen.